Welcome to the Business Mama podcast, where we chat about creating a business that supports and flows with your family and with your life, not the other way around. Hi, I'm your host, Annalise Warren. I'm a marketing agency owner and a mother of three little ones. I'll be bringing you conversations with successful women in business, as well as practical marketing strategies and tips that you can action right away. So let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast, Mamas. Now, today we are getting serious. Now, before you run away, this is something that we all need to lean into. It's something that we can often ignore and put our head in the sand about, but we shouldn't. We're talking about our legal obligations and protecting ourselves when we're doing business online. This is a very important episode, and I really, really hope that you listen in to the end and then that you put a time on your calendar to look at your legal situation and get it all sorted so that it's off your plate and you're protecting your business and your family. Now, to dig into this super important topic, I chatted with Davina Burrow-Jones, the mumpreneur lawyer. Now, Davina is a powerhouse lawyer and she's a mum herself. She's got a super impressive resume that she doesn't like to bore people with, but I promise you it is impressive. She says that after working as a business lawyer in some of the world's top law firms and companies and working in litigation, that becoming a mother changed her. She wanted to live a life where she could plan her work around her family, don't we all? She was also frustrated with the way that lawyers were billing clients and how mums had no choice but to take their kids into appointments and that there was a reluctance for change and embracing technology in the legal industry. So the mompreneur lawyer was born. Now, Davina's business enables mums that don't have any legal knowledge to protect their legal position in a way that's financially accessible and easy to do from home. What was great is that I got to speak with Davina from the perspective of being a lawyer, but also from the perspective of being a mum in business. So we spoke from both angles, which was really fun and I know is going to be totally beneficial for you. So without further ado, here's my interview with Davina. All right. Welcome, Davina, to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Annalise. (laughs) So... As I mentioned in the intro, we mentioned a little bit about you, but maybe we can hear about it from you in your own words. Tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Ah, so um, I'm a lawyer, obviously, and um, the name of my business is the Mumpreneur Lawyer. Um, but it was quite a journey getting there, I guess. So um, when I when I first left school, I really wanted to follow my passions at that stage and I thought my passion was music because uh, I'd grown up in a really musical family and it just seemed natural to progress that way. Uh, but I guess putting in the, the hours of practice it took to be a professional musician was just not me. Um, and I'd always been interested in the law. I grew up watching Law and & Order and Ally McBeal. So I... I did start studying and I knew pretty quickly it was the right thing to do because I was so happy just to put in the hours in terms of studying and and learning all the legislation and cases. Um, I guess at that stage when I was studying, it was the early noughties and 
e-commerce was just emerging and it was really exciting to, to study those sorts of topic, topics and the way the law was going to, to deal with them. Um, anyway, after I left uni, I quickly got swept up into the corporate sector uh, and in big law firms. So I worked in London in 2005 in the area of IT outsourcing uh, and intellectual property, which was really uh, cutting edge at that time. Uh, but I guess ultimately I got frustrated and worn out by the long hours in, in corporate. So I actually took some time out. I travelled, I rock climbed, I mountaineered, I did lots of yoga and uh, I did some volunteer work as well for an international human rights organisation. So I spent some time just doing other stuff. Uh, and when I got back to law, I sort of was reinvigorated again, but I knew I didn't want to go back into corporate. So I started working for small businesses and in small law firms, which I just love and still do. Uh, I think it's really rewarding to see friends' businesses evolve from an idea to a profitable venture um, and see mums being able to get themselves in a position where they can actually support not just them but their family and sometimes extended family too. So uh, I guess um, the reason, though, why I set up on my own was because I got so frustrated that other lawyers were so slow to adopt to new technologies and <laughs> mums, yeah, just so behind the eight ball in terms of um, every other industry that was adopting technology. Um, and mums had to bring their kids into appointments, which um, is just wrong <laughs> when you're trying to understand a legal problem and you've got your kids sitting there. It's really difficult. Uh, and I also saw business owners when things were going wrong, they just weren't being proactive. Um, and then, of course, I had my baby and that turned my whole world upside down too. Uh, but I realised that was my opportunity to actually do something about it. So when mm -hmm. I started the Mumpreneur Lawyer, uh, I adopted the latest in legal tech. Uh, so it's all online and mums can have a, their appointments at flexible times. And I guess the whole purpose of my firm is to be proactive, to protect mums in their businesses before things go wrong. Um, yeah. <laughs> so much to dig into, Davina. <laughs> yeah. And it truly is. I will say that before we move on, like, because um, I'm a client of yours. And so going through that tech process was so refreshing. And the other thing that was really refreshing was the language that you used in all of the contracts. It's not mumbo jumbo, really difficult. Like anyone, <laughs> anyone can understand it and read it. And so I've really enjoyed that process. Thank you, Annalise. But yeah, what? I guess that's the aim. Yeah. <laughs> that's the goal to make sure that, that um, I use plain English as much as possible. Yeah. In some cases it's not really possible because there are sort of some terms that are really integral to a contract and there's lots of case law surrounding the meanings yeah. of them. So you need to use that term. But it's important that when I do, I can explain it to clients so they understand why it's there and, and what it's all about. 
Yeah. Or just even the sentence structure or I was just reading it going, oh, wow. Like it, it's so different to any other contract that I've read. So <laughs> well done there. Um, so I'm really interested in the fact that you said you nearly pursued music because in my head, music and law are like worlds apart. Is that, <laughs> is that true for you? Do you think that way as well? Yeah, well, <laughs> yes and no. I mean, they say music is actually quite mathematical. So, you know, when you learn uh, the notes on the page uh, and different chord structures and that sort of thing, there's a lot of maths behind it. And I guess behind maths is logic and the legal okay. legislation tends to be logical. I don't know if that's okay. <laughs> too much of a long bow. <laughs> um, but I do, it's still a passion and there are some areas of law that I practice in like copyright where I actually get to deal with musicians and mm-hmm. artists and authors and mm-hmm. really creative types. So that, yeah. that area excites me excites me of course (laughs) yeah it's interesting that you say that because my husband is a musician as well he not professionally but you know what does he play he plays the guitar very very well but he taught himself then the piano and he can you know he could just pick up anything and I think now that you're saying that that they're saying music is mathematical I've never heard that before but that makes sense to me because he's also very data-driven you know he does our SEO and website development and all of that in the agency and so he's very detailed in that way so now I guess what you're saying makes sense to me (laughs) I I can see the truth in that yeah so I mean music is well western music you have sort of an octave and that's eight notes and then you have sort of chords and they talk of it you know, a chord being one, three, five, and then you might add a seven. So <laughs> there's lots of numbers behind. Yeah, okay. um, Obviously, you know, there's a lot of creativity and expression and, and everything when you go to perform or, or mm. actually um, compose some music. But the basis is structured. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for going into that for me. <laughs> I did actually learn instruments in school, but not, I was not, I was terrible. Um, uh, anyway. Many other. Other, yeah, it's not, I enjoy it, but I don't, like, I'll think it's this note and he'd be like, why does not that note? It's this. I'm like, oh, or that, I think the notes down the same and they're very different. So I just, I don't have the ear, but that, that's okay. I can just enjoy listening. um so you said that when you had your baby that things that was a really good turning point for you to transition your business how old is your bub now he's two or two and three months yeah and uh so he's definitely a toddler now he's not a not a baby (laughs) and he's um he is uh yeah, he's definitely two. Yeah. <laughs> My youngest was two in November, so I think they must be really similar. Yeah, yeah. He tells me what to do. You know, <laughs> stop it. As he started the stop it, stop it. My daughter started stop it. I can't smile. Yeah, um, that's, that's my thing to say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so, and then that meant the big change to tech and that kind of thing. So how do you balance now spending time with your son and working on your business? How does that, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So 
I guess there's a few things that um, sort of lined up in my favour, and that is that I'm I'm a bit of an older mum, <laughs> so I had a lot of um, plans and processes sort of in place before I had Lucas uh, in order to set up the business. So um, I'd been working at a, a small firm and really sort of understood how a small firm works. So I knew that sort of thing, but um, I guess nothing really prepares you for, for setting up your own business and uh, leaving employment and, uh, and suddenly having to rely on your own self mm-hmm. <laughs> for your, your income. Uh, so, so obviously that was a big change and, and I had to learn things pretty quickly. Uh, and the juggle's still there, but I only have one son, not three, <laughs> and um, not three children. And he is in daycare three days a week. So in actual fact, I have three solid days where I can get, um, get working on the business. And when I do have him on the other days, he has a nice long sleep in the middle of the day. <laughs> uh, so at the moment, it works really well. Yeah, uh, and I think we're going to stick with a small family. Uh, my my partner's an older dad too, so I think that's what works for us. And um, yeah, for personal reasons too, I think just one's enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you know. I think as a woman, you you know you you know what what's going to work and what what you like and and that's great it's beautiful yeah, i mean i'd love 10 <laughs> my partner's one of 10 i'd love what? 10 <laughs> but the reality is quite different to the dream one of 10 <laughs> <sighs> yeah so my son has over 20 cousins <laughs> wow yeah one of 10 okay just like processing that anyway that's like a school camp every day <laughs> like two whole basketball teams. That's a lot. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of shopping, a lot of washing, a lot of laundry. There's, there's no being a business mama with 10 kids, I don't think. <laughs> no. no. Not until they're in school at least. Yeah, mum <laughs> only, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And that's okay. Power to her. Um, Fabulous woman. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, thanks for sharing all of that. So. Along, so what do you, how do you structure your, your work days? What does that look like? So is that a lot of, do you meet with clients? Do you, is it contract work kind of what is actually, before we talk about that, what, what are the main things you work with your clients on? Because you're a business lawyer. So what are the things that you're helping mums in business with? Sure. So, uh, when, you set up a business uh, and it goes from any sort of hobby to a, a business um, or even if it isn't, <laughs> there are certain things um, that you need to set up properly and one of the first things is, of course, your business structure. So uh, there are a few different structures that you can use. You can either be a sole trader, which is really the cheapest and easiest way to set up a, a business, uh, but if you're going in with a, a close friend or at least someone you trust then you may want to set up a partnership um, or there may be um, other structures you want to use like a company structure so the benefit of a company structure is is you actually 
are able to have some asset protection in terms of your personal liability. So if you own a family home or you have some investments, it can be well worth looking into uh, setting up a company structure or even a trust structure may be suitable for, for some mums. And so that'll all depend on, um, yeah, whether you're going it alone, whether other people are going to be involved, whether you want financing uh, for your business now or down the track, whether you want it to grow quite big or you want to keep it small um, and the amount of uh, compliance you want to have to do because when you set up a company there are added compliance requirements so you do need to comply with the corporation's law and there's various director's duties that you need to be aware of and uh, not be too overwhelmed with because um, the Corporations Act is a, a massive piece of legislation uh, so you don't even want to try to get your head around it, but you want to have a good lawyer who can inform you on the main duties as a director. Yeah. So is that the best way to figure that out, is to have a conversation with a lawyer or is it an accountant that does that or either? I would say both. Okay. <laughs> both because um, an accountant will give you a, a different perspective. Obviously, they're looking at it often from um, a tax perspective. Uh, and that can be very beneficial too. Um, many business lawyers may not also be tax specialists. Um, and whilst we have some knowledge of, of tax law, uh, tax law is a very uh, special specialist area. So um, it's definitely a good idea to have an accountant and a lawyer on mm -hmm. board, particularly if you're going to be setting up some sort of company or trust structure. Yeah, um, which is a bit more complex than your sole trader or partnership type structure. Yeah, yeah. yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's a bit heavy, but the other areas I do are, um, of course, contract drafting. So every business, when you set up, you really need to have some terms and conditions with your clients. Uh, it's not really a business unless you're selling something to a customer or a client and that relationship should be really clear. Uh, I think the benefit of having clear um, agreements and terms and conditions, it just means there's less complaints. You can direct your client to the, those terms uh, if something goes wrong or if they're um, disputing something you can say well you know these are the rules here they are and and uh, refer them to your your agreement it's when there's no terms and conditions and no agreement that often disputes arise and then things end up in court so uh, the more proactive you can get the better <laughs> yes yep. yeah so Figuring out exactly what you need is probably best achieved by speaking with a lawyer. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, broadly speaking, when you're setting up a business, you want to look at your business structure. You want to look at uh, your contracts, so contracts with clients. Um, you may have an independent contractor or some employees, so you'll need contracts surrounding um, those relationships mm -hmm. um, and then you also want um, some intellectual property protection uh, so we offer trademarking packages and that sort of thing mm -hmm. so um, 
it is a good idea to have even just a quick conversation with a lawyer and they'll steer you in the right direction. Uh, but if you're, um, if you're uh, looking after your business structure, you've looked at your IP and you've uh, got good contracts in order, you're well on your way to, to getting your legals um, in order for your business. Yes. Yeah. I know that with me, when I went through your process and you would ask questions and then it would take you to a different screen based on what your answer was, that was so helpful in just giving me kind of a broad spectrum idea about what areas I should be thinking about. And then also gave me ideas of, oh, if I hadn't, you know, talking about contractors, if I hadn't already got something with them that sparked in me to be okay, I need to look at that as well and make sure that everything is done. So I think the way that you're approaching it is really, is really great, really holistic, very straightforward, um, very easy to do. And because I had strategically ignored, <laughs> ignored, I don't know if ignored, maybe like just buried my head in the sand as to kind of like a set and forget thing, which I don't think that you can do as a mum in business because we are working for our families for one, but also I think as small businesses, our businesses evolve pretty quickly. And so our structure and our, and our legal stuff really needs to keep pace with that. And for me, I hadn't, I hadn't done that. And it would have been, you know, two or so, maybe two and a half years that I had not looked at my legals until I was like, okay, hang on. Like really need to, <laughs> we're restructuring the business, going to a different structure, like need to get it all sorted on one page, make sure the insurance lines up, the legal lines up. And now, now I can be ignorant again for a little while. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I think um, certainly at the early stages <clears throat> of business, I think it's a good idea to check in you know, at least once a year and yeah. just say, okay, so hang on, I've um, taken this person into my business as a partner, but we don't have a partnership agreement. Or um, we went through a rebrand and we were thinking of trademarking. Oh, perhaps we better get onto that. Mm. Or um, gosh, we've got some, you know, mighty secrets in our business that we don't want any competitors getting hold of so got some mighty confidential information how are we going to protect that so there are all questions that um if you check in with, with a lawyer will mm -hmm. um help you sort of progress all those uh matters and and make sure you've got the right protection in place yeah so is trademark something that you work with yeah i do i do do trademarks um it's not rocket science and a lot of people jump online and think oh this is so straightforward i can just easily register myself and yes you can um the issue is more can you register uh and comply with the trademarks act <laughs> can you register uh describing your goods and services properly so that it adequately protects you um are you registering in the right classes are you even registering the right mark um, is there, you know, a different mark you should be registering? And what else is out there, you know? If you want to, say, expand to another country, uh, you know, is it worth trademarking there first or do you, should you be trading, um, trademarking here and jumping on 
uh, the Madrid Protocol, which is the international um, protocol for uh, registration overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of member com- countries and uh, if you wanted to expand, say, in the UK and US, you, you look at uh, using that protocol to register an international trademark there. So there's, I guess what I'm saying is there's a lot of questions that need to be asked and unfortunately sometimes I'll find a, a client that comes to me and and they've sort of waited their seven months to get their trademark and unfortunately the trademark isn't really worth uh, the government registration fees that they've paid because it just doesn't protect them adequately. Okay. So, yeah, so it's definitely worth having um, someone to hold your hand along the process mm. and to deal with the trademarks examiner who will have questions about the mark too. Yeah, I learned that lesson early on as well. We had a oh, really yeah, I did not in this business. I had a fitness business and mums in okay. uh, mums because I'm a qualified personal trainer, which I've always done on the side for not always for the last ten years, just as a hobby, as for fun. Um, and then I taught people to be personal trainers in vocational education and okay. Um, so I had that, and I was teaching mums and bubs fitness classes, and then I think someone. Uh, Anyway, a lady registered a trade. I had the business name, but someone registered a trademark with one letter difference. So mine was Mama with two M's and hers was Mama with one M. And and then she trademarked it and then contacted me. But I think I, I was on parading for about six months longer than her. And um, she's like, well, I've got the trademark, so you have to close your business and or rename it, which I did. And that was fine. And it was a good lesson to learn on a hobby business. And so I now can really advocate for people who are serious about their business and have a unique name that can be trademarked because I know not everything can be trademarked. No. That they definitely should because for the $250 or whatever is the starting fee. Yep. It's so worth it because I had to close, I had to read, you know, redo my website, redo my logo, rechange everything. Um, yeah, it was it was annoying. <laughs> it was really annoying. Rebranding is hard and time consuming, and just and just a waste of time. And you know, and then figuring out whether I actually could do anything about it because I was operating longer. But yeah. ultimately, it was one small mums in bobs fitness class. It didn't really matter what I was called, and hers was right. um, attached to an app and that kind of thing. So yeah. anyway, so I guess the moral of the story is it's definitely worth it. And because I recommend that people trademark if it's a serious business that they you know would like to operate under yep i get a lot of questions about whether to diy or whether to engage a lawyer and um all of that so it's great to hear that from your perspective as to why speaking to a lawyer about that is going to be um is, is going to is going to be really beneficial yeah yeah i think as well you know the um government registration fees as you said are so cheap you know, $250, um, Lawyer fees are a bit more expensive. Um, but when you think of the fact you're going to have to wait seven months for the registration to go through uh, mm. and you don't really want to be sitting, crossing your fingers for all that time, just hoping. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got someone that's got your back uh, and knows that, the, the mark actually complies with the Trademarks Act. Mm. Uh, I think it, it's definitely beneficial. Well, I think least... also um, 
there's a really uh, sweet spot in terms of timing in trademarks. Like you don't want to be too late to trademark because <laughs> you don't want to be put in the position that you were. But you also don't want to be too early. So if you've just started your business and you're, you haven't yet got a reputation in the name and you're not quite 100% about that name, you think, oh, I might be changing my name, I might rebrand, I'll just see how this one goes, mm. then, you know, the money is not worth investing in trademark either. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you, you know, the moment you start developing a reputation and, and you're pretty solid and, and happy with your branding uh, or your product name because you can also trademark product names or service names, those sorts of things too, um, then definitely it's worth looking into. And even if you do decide it to go, go it alone, you mm -hmm. can get some advice from a lawyer in the first instance too. Mm -hmm. um, or even uh, I, you know, I regularly have chats with other mums for free. I'm happy to have a little chat. <laughs> yes, thank you. You're very helpful. <laughs> um, can I just ask, with the international trademark, I haven't done that, is that significantly more expensive? Well, the registration fees, like, they're, it's done through WIPO. It's W-I-P-O, uh -huh. um, World International um, Intellectual Property Organisation. And uh, the, their registration fees are very, very expensive, actually. Um, so whereas you said here in Australia, 250 to say $330, I think it is, per mm -hmm. trademark, per class, uh, there's uh, often sort of over a 1,000. Um, mm, that's what I thought. I mean, I, yeah, I did one recently and it was, it was edging 2,000. It's all done in Swiss francs. Um, I'm not sure if the correct fr franc, sorry, franc, you said? Probably. But sound, that sounds right. Let's go with that. <laughs> um, and, and when you convert it to Australian dollars, it, it does sound expensive. And then, of course, you'll have some legal fees on top of that. So it's not a cheap ex exercise to mm. register internationally. But if you're thinking of opening up to the US market or the UK market, I mean, the opportunities can be huge right <laughs> yeah and online it's so easy to do that absolutely and, yeah uh, there's huge opportunity there and it's definitely worth protecting your your brand in that country yeah though i did have a conversation with our insurance agency and about working in the u.s and apparently that's a whole new ball game as well most most international insurance doesn't cover the US and you need specific insurance for the US. It's like, oh, okay, this is really getting like you know, expensive and complicated. So, yeah, I think speaking with someone like yourself is just so much easier than trying to navigate it yourself. Oh, yeah, and not only that, um, I mean, the US has... <laughs> has so many different laws too. So mm. even recently some privacy laws uh, came out in January this year um, for California. And whilst they won't affect most of uh, the listeners, um, you know, if you are doing business in the US, it, you may be affected. So, mm. um, you know, the, the, the US laws are a whole new ball, ball game. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, the state laws because California is different to, to other states. So, 
Thank goodness we've got you, Davina. But the UK, the UK is quite similar. Yeah. Our laws are actually based on the UK. So often you'll find expanding into the UK or New Zealand is is far simpler affair. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. That's okay. So let's talk a bit about how you run your business. So what are some of the resources that you utilize to help you keep yourself organized or your clients organized or like however you want, you know, keep yourself inspired and motivated, however you would like to answer that question. Um, What are some of the resources that you utilize in running your business? Okay. So um, in terms of like tech, um, I... <laughs> I use Canva. I have a lot of fun on Canva. Um, even though I shouldn't, I should <laughs> doing legal work. <laughs> but I um I don't know. It's it's really good fun. And so I think Melanie Perkins really um was onto something when she Oh she got it. it. She <laughs> she nailed it. She, yeah. Thank you. I'm so proud Melanie that Perkins. she's Australian. I know. know. Fabulous. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I, I even so, just the other day, I was like, oh, and I can just do that. Oh, thank you, Canva. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I try not to too, spend too much time there, obviously. <laughs> um, but in terms of other things, I I do have specialized legal tech, um, which the listeners probably aren't that interested in. Um, <laughs> but I, in terms of small business uh, programs I use Trello which Mm -hmm. is great uh, for organizing my days and uh, months and doing lists Uh, of course Microsoft Office uh, Word um, then there's all the autoresponder type programs um, so that I have some support there I've got some good payment systems in terms of rapid pay uh, Slack is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I outsource all my administration to an amazing lady <laughs> who's called Miss Versatility. Miss Versatility. Yeah. Is that her name? Her actual uh, business name or that's what you call her? <laughs> Both. <laughs> she lives up to her name. Yeah. She's fabulous. And uh, she actually just lives around the corner. So. <laughs> Perfect. Even though she's virtual, yeah, um, she's she's real life too. Perfect. Um, yeah, it is actually. And um, yeah, so she put on, me onto a lot of these programs like Trello and and Slack, mm-hmm. and of course Zero for bookkeeping, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, you name you name it. I've probably tried it, and then yeah. <laughs> at least tried it for a week. I get yeah, excited no. about new tech and, and download an app and start playing with it and then realise, yeah. oh, it's just another, another to-do list. I think Trello will be okay. Yeah. <laughs> or it's just another, you know, um, anyway. Yeah. I used to love Trello and we've, in the last few months, moved over everything over to Asana. Ah, yes. Yeah. As the team grew, I found it was easier on the eye. And it would, it would work better. And then when you click yes, there's like this magical unicorn that pops up and like this shooting star goes across the screen. It's really oh, fun. I that. It's really fun. <laughs> because I, I always wanted the satisfaction of crossing something out, but now I get, you know, ta-da, like it's fun. 
anyway moving from legal stuff to random unicorns and sparkles oh uh, no i think that's the life of a business <laughs> sometimes i just wish i'd have i have a had a daughter too so that i could have <laughs> unicorns and fairies and sparkles and glitter i'm sure at this age lucas won't complain he could he no. could he could implement for now maybe for the next couple of years quite happy to have bows in his hair perfect yep. <laughs> and glittered nails <laughs> yeah my son too because he's the middle so he had all of my eldest had my daughter's you know fairy costumes and we didn't have anything boy related so he'd always be like this little fairy princess or something i'm like oh note to self buy some boy costumes buy some boy costumes. <laughs> and now we have so many alternates so we're, yeah. it's fun yeah i mean there's i'm all for gender neutral but i think there's a lot of fun to be had with the gender bias costumes too yes, <laughs> yes. gotta love some glitter yeah yeah okay um, so what about just what advice would you have from your lawyer brain to, for mums that are thinking about starting their business? And then I'll ask you the same question from your experience as being a mum business <laughs> brain. So let's go lawyer brain first. Okay. Um, so from a legal point of view, the best thing you can do is choose your, the right business structure from the beginning so you don't have to restructure down the track um, to not only look at registering your domain name and an ABN but also look at trademarking so that you can get exclusive use rights to that, uh, that brand name or your product name or whatever is going to have value for you. Um, and get your contracts with your clients in order. Um, even if you're a sole trader, you're going to be dealing with clients or customers. You need adequate terms and conditions with them. So yeah. if you run an online store, you'll have online store terms and conditions. If you run a coaching business, you'll have coaching agreements with your clients. If you're a virtual assistant, you'll have a virtual assistant agreement with your clients. Uh, the other terms you'll want when starting up are some terms and conditions for your website uh, that protect the content, the copy, the images that um, you may have invested quite a lot in. Um, so you want to make sure that's protected. Uh, so you protect your intellectual property and also with some disclaimers in there so that you limit your liability. Mm -hmm. The other thing is you will want to have a privacy policy on your website and particularly uh, these days when you might have Facebook uh, Pixel or Google Analytics installed, uh, it's important to have that privacy policy because actually Facebook and Google require it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they so um, they're the main things that you want to look out for when you're setting up a business from a legal point of view. Yeah, thank you for that. That's I think okay. it's really important to hear it and it doesn't have to be as overwhelming as it can sound because I, like I was saying, was just ignoring it mostly because it was overwhelming and then I think when you do face it and look at it and speak to someone like yourself that makes it so easy, um, it doesn't have to be and you can just, there is an easy solution. It doesn't have to be like, yeah. you know, ridiculously expensive and it doesn't have to mean that, 
and you're speaking to intimidating men in suits. There is someone <laughs> like you out there that is just like us, that is relatable and can talk to us on a you know, human to human level and just break it down so that we are protecting ourselves and our business babies and our families and all of that. So yeah. No, thank you. No, it's really important. And I think a good way of looking at it is um, like the way you, I, I know this is a bit of a sombre way of looking at it, but, um, you know, if you, you want to make sure you live to a ripe old age and don't develop cancer or heart disease or um, any, anything like that, you look at um, proactive ways of being healthy. You eat good food, you keep your fitness up and all that sort of thing. So whilst uh, getting your legals in order won't um, 100% guarantee that you, can't, you won't be sued, uh, it does put you in a position, a really strong position, where the chances are far less likely um, and if you are, you're in a good position to fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it's best not to feel overwhelmed, just to get it done, to be proactive, to converse with a lawyer mm-hmm. and they will help you put things in order so that um, you are protecting yourself and your family as best as you possibly can. Yeah. Thanks, Davina. That's all right. So what about from your experience as being a mum in business what would your advice be for other mums about taking the leap out of the the corporate or wherever they are and actually doing that um be ready to learn (laughs) be ready to fail um but redefine failure as learning Mm. and you'll get through anything (laughs) so um i think there's nothing harder than being a mum. <laughs> so running a business is, is going to be easier, but running a business and being a mum is pretty incredible. So if you can do both, that's amazing. Um, but make sure you make your business work for you, not the other way around. Otherwise, you may end up worse than you were in the corporate sector. Mm. Um, so I think, the idea is to remember your focus is your children. No, I think they, they come first, really. And they should for either parent. You know, I don't think it, it should matter for a mum or a dad whether you're, if you're leaving the corporate sector to set up your business because you want more family time, then the family should be coming first. So I try to remember that and try to focus on my son when I'm with him. Mm. <laughs> it's far easier said than done um you know i don't like to leave a client hanging um i like to be very responsive and you know you can't be if you, you're involved with your child sort of 100 percent. so i guess it's a, a learning journey and i'm learning every day <laughs> i feel like um there there's lots of growth to be done and I've probably learnt more over the last couple of years than I have done for the last 20 years, maybe. <laughs> um, Feels yeah. that way, doesn't it? Yeah. In yeah. terms of sort of growth, personal growth and, and, yeah. um, and values and just um, consolidating, you know, who I am and what's important to me, I think having a child certainly um, puts things in perspective. 
Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Thank you so much for that. That's really, I agree 100%, that whole reframing failure because it is and it's we're all learning because we haven't done it before and no one's done it before because technology and everything is changing so quickly that we live in a new age and it's nearly every few weeks it's something something new so no one has done it before so we are going to fail and it's not failure if you get back up again and so I think the way that you explained that was was really great really spot on I I agree so thank you for that encouragement and affirmation that we're all we're all learning as we go none of us have it figured out yeah I mean even when I first started my business I did so much work for friends and family for free um, (laughs) just because I thought that was the right thing to do and in on one level it is but um, it absolutely was not sustainable yeah. So I had to, I had to entirely sort of shift and and realize that it was okay to charge clients. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for my properly for my my services and yeah, not do everything for free. Yeah, <laughs> no, of course, yeah, and we you can't if you want to be around in five years and continue to help people, mm. <laughs> you, like you won't be if you don't have no. the money the money to do it. So. Yes, I think, yeah. And we, because we do so often start our businesses to help people, it is that tendency to undervalue our, ourselves. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway, I thank you very much. <laughs> so thank, thank you. Welcome. So, yeah, thank you so much for your time today, Davina. That's been, I think, really informative. I think we've given the listeners a really good overview of what it is that they're going to need to look at or what they should open their eyes to like me just actually turn and face it and you know deal with it it won't be as won't be that terrible ugly thing that you kind of think it's going to be um so yeah thank you so much for taking the time today and and talking us through that and giving us some really practical ways that we can protect ourselves and our businesses and our family it's been such a pleasure and so much fun yeah thanks so (laughs) much again thanks Sabina. bye-bye Bye. Thank you for listening to the Business Mama podcast. I hope you got some actionable tips that you can implement in your business right away. Please, please, please rate and subscribe and then head on over to mama.digital to continue the conversation and let me know what you thought. Have a really wonderful week. And if you'd like to come and say hi, come to our Facebook group, Business Mamas. See you there.